Most people go to the theaters to watch stories of adventure, drama, and excitement. They go to experience marvels that can't be experienced in real life. They go to be amazed. Others, like us, occasionally go to count how many swear words you can get into 90 minutes. There may be something wrong with us, but there's nothing wrong with this movie as we seek to prove to you that Strays is not that bad. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to It's Not That Bad, the podcast that looks for A, grades, and B, movies. Now, normally, we like to let a movie breathe a little. We like to let a movie have its theatrical release and make its way to physical media or streaming. And we like to see how it's going to do at the, at the awards, quote unquote. But every now and then, a movie pops up in the theaters and we really want to go see it. And then we realize it qualifies. So now it's a business trip and we go to the theater anyways. And that happened today because we went to go see strays and here to join me is the cutest puppy of all my lovely wife carrie carrie how are you doing today oh you're just doggone adorable no what was the dog's name reggie no <laughs> he calls me oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, we're going to need therapy after yeah. this one here. Yeah, we were like one of three couples in yeah. the movie. <laughs> it, it's, it, it felt less like a, a night at the movies and more like an intervention at that point. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow, there's no one here except for people like us who probably need to have a good talking to. There might, <laughs> there might be something wrong with us. But it, oh. it's one of those things where we saw the trailer. It's like, okay, we have to go see this film because... It is a very Carrie movie. It truly is. And I, <laughs> I loved every minute of it. Every, so broken. Every minute there of were, it. There were a few, oh my God, there were a few scenes where I literally guffawed in the theater and I'm like, they're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> now, if you haven't figured it out by now, normally on this podcast, I like to bleep out our swear words. And that's because A... Just in case our kids are listening, you know, we don't want them to think that their parents are um, potty mouths, even though we're kind of potty mouths. But beeps are funny. Beeps are funnier. But today, and you've already heard it, we're replacing the bleeps with dog barks. So if you're wondering why all of a sudden you hear a dog barking, no, it's not because our dog is here joining us for the show. It's because one of us has said, which side note, I'm not letting our dog watch this movie, nor Mm. am I going to let our boys watch this movie, but you know, they're going to tune in to this podcast because they very much want to watch the movie. And I had to explain without explaining why they cannot watch this movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so count the number of dog barks in this episode of It's Not That Bad and you'll have a little bit of fun. But before we hit more on the bark button, it is time to take 2023's Strays and trailerize it. Abandoned. Cast away. Left to fend for themselves in the dirty alleys and streets. 
man's best friend becomes man's worst nightmare in strays. Meet Reggie, a dog who will have to surmount the impossible to get back home. On the way, he'll commit mass murder, partake in an orgy involving inanimate objects, witness a squirrel on squirrel on squirrel gangbang, drink, do drugs, get locked up, urinate on and be urinated on, and commit atrocities, the likes of which would scare the crap out of that clown from Terrifier. It's like if Homeward Bound was directed by the love child of Quentin Tarantino and Chris Rock. Will Ferrell is the dirtiest hobo in strays. Rated R for really bad dogs. Oh my god. Okay, you you literally just gave away the entire movie without giving away the entire movie and you <laughs> you pretty much summarized the entire 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, done. Well, I mean, here's the thing and and I'm going to get this out of the way right now. It's not like we're the only ones who spoiled this film. The trailer spoiled a lot of this film. No, it yes, did it did not. It did not. There was so much more to this movie. There were some definite surprises. Oh, oh there were some surprises, <laughs> that's for sure. I did not see that coming. But you know what? The heart of this movie, instead of watching a buddy movie about a couple of friends going on a road trip and through unfortunate circumstances along the way, they their bond becomes stronger. No, no, no. The same formula, but with dogs. And it was lovely. You're describing that as lovely? <laughs> <laughs> really broken. <laughs> I, I'm going to question now, anytime you sit there and say, oh, oh, sweetie, you're being so lovely today. I'm like, what? <laughs> what did I do? No. I can I can defend this movie because you know what? At the core, it really was a buddy movie. Oh yeah. And the the friendships, the 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 PFFs along the way. <laughs> by, by the way, spoilers like a mofo. Okay. Uh but the thing is though, and, and before we get into like the breakdown and all that. And I don't think it's it's we're really kind of breaking any new ground here because these are actually scenes in the trailer. There were certain bits, comedy bits that were in like the Red Band trailer that I wish they had held back on because there were moments that I wish that I you know we could be surprised with, like the whole Dennis Quaid thing, right? Like this reminded me of Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, right? Where Seal is in the trailer being attacked by a tiger. I want that moment to spring up on us or game over man where oh. they actually had Shaggy in the trailer and it spoiled that moment. The Dennis Quaid gag needed to be left out of the trailer, right? Yes. There were still some shocking moments, some shocking moments, but it's one of those things where I think back to South Park, 
bigger, longer, and uncut. You know, this is pre-YouTube, right? This is pre-the internet having the red band trailers, right? And you go in and you're like, well, it's a South Park movie, so it's going to be a little bit crass. And I'm sure they swear a little bit. And then they start singing Uncle and you spend the rest of the 90 minutes laughing hysterically and trying not to poop or pee yourself because you're laughing so hysterically. Like, I want that shock moment. Team America, World Police did the same thing. You got a little bit in the trailer and then you watch the film and it's turned to 11 and that's one more than 10. Okay, but you have to admit and honor that the whole mushroom scene was way worse than you thought it was going to be. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it took a dark turn. <laughs> but, but those in, the initial moments, and I'm glad they left you know the the one part out. And we're going to try not to spoil it because it is still in theaters. Um, but occasionally things might come out, and we're sorry. Just you know, just go watch the movie anyways. But let's get into before we get too deep into this here. Let's figure out who's in it. It stars the voices of Will Ferrell, Jamie Fox, Isla Fisher, Randall Park, Rob Riggle, Josh Gad, Sophia Vergara, and of course a human performance from Mr. Will Forte. It was directed by Josh Greenbaum, who most recently directed Barb and Star Go to Del Mar. And it was written by Dan Perot, who wrote the uh, Netflix series American Vandal. Now, I did mention that we'd like to count the swear words, right? According to parentpreviews.com, there are 159 quote-unquote sexual expletives, 74 scatological curses, and frequent use of mild curse and terms of deity. So that means they say a lot of a lot of and a lot of holy hell goddamn. That's a lot. That that's uh, Tarantino would be blushing. Well, I was going to ask which of those columns fell under. Oh, probably the sexual expletives. <laughs> Right. You you made the term so fancy that I even confused I was confused about the definition of <laughs> I, some of the I mean that that is a classier way to say. I mean if you want to go to Hey baby. What would say you and me go back to my place and sexually expletive? <laughs> I would laugh my ass off at you. My <laughs> I would work. tell you to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Okay. Well, scatological curse. Okay. Oh my god. Oh, I, I can't. You can't. No. I can't. Okay. Whew. I'll just go f- myself. Okay. It's gonna be one of those episodes now. <laughs> but by the way, at this point right now, if you have a dog in the car while you are listening to this episode, the dog is looking at the radio, going, "They said what?" <laughs> This is also, according to IMDb, the first live action talking animal movie to receive an R rating in the U.S. Well deserved. Bravo, sirs. <laughs> bravo. According to Wikipedia, the film has a budget of $46 million. And as of our recording of this episode, it has made $23 million domestically and $32 million worldwide. So it is on track to lose a bit of money here. Um, but I will say it is hard to have a money winner when you are dealing with 
let's be honest, this is a hard R. And if any dogs were involved in the ranking, I'm sure it would be like, you know, NC-17 for them. But, you know, it, it was never, I think, going to earn its money back just because of the nature of the film and the nature of the, of the box office these days. I feel like movies released this year and over the last couple of years, of course, have to have an asterisk on the box office because unless you're Barbie or Oppenheimer, you're probably not making the big bank. How much was it to make? Only $46 million. So it's not like it was a huge budget. And I think in a you know non-pandemic recovery, non-recession kind of year, it probably would have made its money back. But there are a lot of factors that you have to sit there and question. By the way, speaking of Barbenheimer, apparently there is a production company that is putting together a film literally called Barbenheimer where a bunch of dolls are trying to put together an atomic bomb. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And it's not the Asylum. The Farley Brothers? No, and it's not the Farley Brothers. And it's not the Asylum. I can't remember the name of the production company, but an actual Barbenheimer film is coming. And I'm sure somewhere down the road we're going to be talking about that film. And when is the Mattel lawsuit? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Because that doesn't sound like something that the property of Barbie should be getting Don't behind. mess with Margot Robbie. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that doesn't seem like a good idea, friends. Don't do it. But speaking of the box office, when this film debuted on the August 18th, 2023 weekend, uh, it debuted at number five with just over $8 million. The top grossing movie that week, not Barbie, not Oppenheimer, it was actually the debut of Blue Beetle, which debuted with $25 million. Barbie was still in second to 20, with $21 million, and Oppenheimer in third with $10 million, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at number four. So, But again, we're talking like an R-rated talking dog movie. It's not going to knock off Barbie and Oppenheimer. And of course, Blue Beetle being you know, a, a decently reviewed DC film, it's going to make some money, even though $25 million in its debut weekend, maybe not the splash they were hoping to make. But I, it's not like Strays took any of the money away from that film. But the reason why we are here, and it's not because we like talking dogs, is because of the critics. Over at Metacritic, this film has a meta score of 54, and over at Rotten Tomatoes, the Tomatometer is at 54%, and the audience score is is at 70%. So clearly the audience is a lot like us and they like a lot of swearing and bad foul humor and warped sense of what's right and wrong, clearly. Um, But let's get into why this film is actually pretty damn funny here. We'll start with Will Ferrell as Reggie. How was he for you? He was so great. In fact, there were moments where I had to remind myself that voicing this dog was actually Will Ferrell and not uh, Ryan Reynolds because it just had that Deadpool kind of um, vibe portrayal (laughs) personality. Well, the, the thing is, Reggie as a dog is he's a good boy. 
right? is a good he's boy. He's a very good boy. And we have to say that otherwise, you know, Reggie's going to come bite her <laughs> off. But <gasps> it was in the trailer. You can't do it's in the that. trailer. Oh, okay. It's in the trailer. Nothing I say is going to spoil it more than the trailer did. I'm still mad. But the thing is, Reggie is a good boy. And he's naive. And he's youthful at heart. And he's not he, hes not ruined by the streets at this point. Right? So you have to have a very whimsical kind of feel to it. And yes, Will Ferrell at times did sound like Deadpool. But I think more so like, um, like Free Guy. Right. Can I just say, though, fundamentally, that this movie is wrong to begin with? And I say that because dogs are supposed to have a real sixth sense about people. Mm-hmm. And yet Reggie was so dedicated to his owner. He was so, he was so just trying to be accepted and loved. But at no point did he see him for the worthless piece of that he was. Like, there's something wrong with that to begin with. It was a very sad tale in that regard. Like, it really was. It was like, you know, where where was the the dog instinct that this guy is really a bad person and he wants to go and live with the woman well the thing is he didn't really have a say in the matter right it, it became like he want he took the dog because you know because she wanted the dog right so it wasn't a very reggie didn't have a choice but he could have tried to run away it, 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 no no because he wanted to be with his owner right he's loyal he's loyal to a fault right and again that's why will ferrell i think did well in you know, giving him a whimsical naivete to Reggie's voice. And yeah, it's going to say now that now anyone who goes to watch the movie, they're going to hear Ryan Reynolds in their head. So <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. But I, I don't know if you'd want to go too whimsical or too innocent. Like, I, I don't think you want to put someone like a Matthew Broderick voicing this. Like, it makes sense coming into Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Right. And the turning point, too, when he started to put it together, it was like, okay, you know, <laughs> gone real. But the thing is, though, you also don't want to go the other way, too. Like, because Reggie got a mouth on him, right? Like, Love. it's, right? But the thing is, you don't want to put someone like a Chris Rock or a Seth Rogen in there. No, no. No, because that would take away from the innocence of Reggie. So I think, uh, I think putting Will Ferrell behind that microphone was definitely the right choice. But then there's his new best friend, Bug, as voiced by Jamie Foxx. Love. Right? I love that he was a Boston Terrier, too. The thing is, I mentioned like you, you, you don't want to go Chris Rock or Seth Rogen for Reggie. And I don't think you want to go harsh like a Chris Rock for Bug. I'm just so grateful they didn't go with a Kevin Hart. Right. Oh, but no, Jamie Fox was the perfect choice because it's it's not that he's crass and vulgar. He is, but but it's like every second word was 
and expletively deleted. Right. Or what was it? A sexual, se- se- sexually, sexually innuendo? Ex- expletive or scatological expletive. Right. Very, very nicely put. I thought so. Um, the only other option I could have seen a Sam Jackson. I, you know what? I can't. Here's the thing. Sam Jackson, um, Chris Rock, um, even Chris Tucker, right? I think would be too abrasive. Pug suave. Pug is street savvy. Pug is he he's a he's a leader of the strays, if you will. He's the one who's helping drive the fun for them, right? And you have to have some charisma. And I think if you had Samuel Jackson or Chris Rock or Chris Tucker or someone of that, you know. It would make sense to hear the scatological and sexual expletive um, uh, words coming out of Bug's mouth, but it wouldn't be as smooth. It wouldn't have as much character. It would just be, um, it would be Samuel Jackson in a room swearing into a microphone, right? It's, you you have to give him a slightly different character than Reggie. And it would be too much like, what was that animated um, movie recently? It was like a kung fu Sam Jackson voiced um, the kung fu cat. Something like that, yeah. But, and, but that's the thing, right? Like, it's Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. right? It's expected, Mother, brother, sister, father. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you, you take a look at the secret life of pets, right? And Chris Rock as as uh, Snowball, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the rabbit. That works because Snowball is is crazy, right? Bug's not crazy. No. No. Especially when it got to his why. Right? And his Emma. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jamie Foxx, I think, was the perfect choice. For Bug. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon.
Um, Randall Park as Hunter, the failed police dog who's now a therapy dog. Again, perfect choice for this, my opinion. But how was he for you? <laughs> he was so good. What a good boy. But you know what? At at first, I wasn't quite clear on if he was a stray or how did he become a stray? Because he has the cone. He must have an owner if he was a retired police dog. Yeah, I don't think Hunter and Maggie are actually strays. I think they're just homes with a an open doggy door policy kind of thing. So I think they still go out and have adventure and they're friends with Bug, but I don't think they're strays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, the thing with, with Hunter, right, and because of the nature of Hunter's you know, failure at police dog academy and, and becoming a, you know, a therapy dog. It reminds me too much of Randall Park's character as uh, special agent uh, Jimmy Woo from the MCU in the Ant-Man movies and in WandaVision. Like, it's, it almost, almost feels like this is an extension of that character. And I think it works well, Um I don't see anyone else really in that role, but I I did enjoy Randall Park in that role. But then you have Maggie as played by Isla Fisher, who is just a comedic genius to begin with. But how was Isla Fisher for you? Okay, first of all, two things. I want to give mad props to the absolute beautiful, um, it would be a collie, right? Right, yeah. The, the, the dog. border collie, yeah. The border collie that played the character. Just an absolute gorgeous dog. Very well trained. Like, I mean, some of the things where they had her, like, posing. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this dog is, like, brilliant. Like, very well trained. Um, so the dog amazingly blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, very, like captivating on screen like literally stole the scenes that she was in um but Isla Fisher it was interesting because um I noticed a change in infliction or in the actual voice work she would slip into like a really British accent and and then it would come back like into character it was like it the did you notice there were a few scenes where the accent of the dog flipped and I'm like, wait, what? No, I, that, that, then that I didn't in pick the, up on that in the scene. I think it was where they were, they were finding that cone shape or it was when things started to go questionable in the dynamic of the, the pursuit Right. And then the watch it again. We'll watch it again. But the accent flipped a few times mm-hmm. and really became stronger and then wore off. And I'm like, I wonder if that was by design. It was like the way certain lines were were recorded. But as you know, speaking from a casting point of view as well, um, I think they were smart in putting someone like Isla Fisher in there. And because you you didn't get 
Wedding Crashers, Isla Fisher, who was a little on the crazy side. Um, you, you got more of the Now You See Me, Isla Fisher, which is, a, it's still fun and still funny, but it's a bit more, you know, the straight dog, if you will, kind of funny. You know, I think if you had taken someone like Jayma Mays or Allison Hannigan, um, it might have been a little bit different. Maybe a Karen Gillan would have worked in there as well. Um, or even, you know, and it would have been funny as hell. And Emma Watson would have been funny. You know, very much like the uh, um, the end of the world and her role in that. You know, you have that almost kind of having fun with the, the, the you know, the fact that you're Emma Watson in that role. But I think Isla Fisher is, you know, very... Not underrated, but underutilized in some of these fun type of things. But I loved, I loved it in this. And the thing is, each of the different dogs, I think, were perfectly cast for the dog's personality. It should also be noted that, according to IMDb, ninety-five percent of the dog shots are done with actual live dogs. Of course, they they move them out, was you know, digitally kind of thing, but. 95% of the shots with the dogs are actual live dogs. There, there is some there is some animatronic work in there, but... Well, that's where I said, like, as far as the training that the dogs would have had to have... Obviously, they had handlers working with them in between shots. Like, no doubt, right? To get them to sit or roll over and, you know, do whatever the scene called for. But they were so well trained, mm-hmm. each and every one of the dogs. And again, they're just four very different types of dogs. Like um, you've got the border collie, or no, yeah, border collie for Maggie. Yep. But isn't a, a collie border collie is like are black and white and really shaggy. This is like beautifully long haired, a long haired but, but, collie. But, but it's in the collie kind of family. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's border collie though. So I, I still smart like a border collie, but you know. I do apologize if I. You if have I, offended that dog. I have offended a dog breed. Um, no, it's a collie, and then you offended that bitch. What? Oh, <laughs> and the Boston Terrier. Mm-hmm. And then like the little scrap s- dog of the red Reggie's. Dog. Yep. Yeah, just kind of like a terrier, long hair, uh, wire-haired, mm-hmm. wire-haired terrier. Um, I can't remember. The police dog, what kind? But anyway, lovely. Big and floppy. Lovely dog. Mm-hmm. Huge, like a right, like a monster dog. But now, but a sweet huggy monster dog. Well, you know that dog probably gives good hugs, <laughs> right? Towers over you as you get the hug, but right. Yes, the German Shepherd. That was the. Yep. Yep. But let's get to the actual humans here. By the way, I have to point out that I love the fact that Sofia Vergara is the couch, the voice of the couch in the uh, in the the mushroom scene. <laughs> just, just you have to watch it to, to 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 make it all understand. But let's talk to some about some of the humans here. And I need to point this out again. I wish the Dennis Quaid scene was not in the trailer. Like it was a small joke. But I wish we were surprised with it. Like, I don't know about you. There were moments in this film when we were watching it where I'm like, yeah, I've seen, I know what to expect, right? There was nothing more to the Dennis Quaid joke than that one line. And they blew it on the trailer. 
did you find yourself at times watching this film and being disappointed because you knew what was happening? I find myself, you had mentioned Shaggy's appearance um, in, in Game, Game Over, Over Man. Man, and I found myself disappointed that there wasn't more to it. And yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, it could have been more, I don't know. I, I Although, when you see it in the trailer, you find yourself waiting for it, that moment. And yeah. then it happens, and it's like, okay, there it is. That's yeah. how it plays in. And But, but the thing is... Had the had had Dennis Quaid popped up every now and then to see more weird, then then it would have been a running gag and it would have been funnier, right? But because it was just like the one time and they blew it in the trailer, like, eh, stop spoiling the movies, trailer editors. Well, isn't that what we're here for? Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like narrator dog. Oh, narrator dog was funny. Right? Like, but that was unexpected. That and was, that was not in the trailer. Not in the no. trailer. Again, there were moments in this film that were not in the trailer. And those are the ones I laughed at the most. See, here we are. Spoiling right? narrator dog. Now everyone's going to be waiting for narrator dog. Well, just know that narrator dog is not what you think. And that's all I'm going to say. We're not saying what narrator dog says. It's that's like having narrator Smurf in the Smurf films. You know he's there. You just don't know what he's gonna say. Wow, you just Smurf and ruined that. Okay. Okay. By the way, I'm not barking at Smurf. We can Smurf all we want in this. In this. <laughs> um, Brett Gelman, who played the animal control officer at the pound where the dogs were locked up, you loved this moment. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so funny it was so wrong but it was so funny and i i'm surprised because you were at one point you're like oh, oh. <laughs> yep. yeah yeah this this film gets messy in many 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 different ways that's all we're gonna say yep i mean again small role not in the trailer was very funny because it was new to us and of course there's will forte as Doug, the very, very, very bad man. But how was the bad man for you? I was happy that he got his... His comeuppance? Comeuppance. Right. That's all I'm going to say about him. He's a horrible man. And I I'm st- I still can't get over that a dog couldn't sniff that out, couldn't find that he's a bad man. Okay, but... Run away from bad man. But aside from the character himself, how is Will Forte in that role? I mean, he, I think he was absolutely perfect for, for you know, because, I mean, like, really, he had, like, one main line, and that was, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, he was, he was pretty, he was excellent at playing a real piece, of, and I was really happy with the ending. That's all I'm going to say. He, he did, he did well. The, the funny thing is, um, when you take a look at his body of work, and I, I just pulled out some credits here uh, from his, from his filmography, uh, he did uh, voice work in the animated series House Broken, where there's another foul mouthed animal property. Uh, he played the voice of Pissmaster from Rick and Morty. Uh, he was Phil in The Last Man on Earth. He was 
Paul, who was Jenna's drag queen significant other in 30 Rock. And of course, he was in <gasps> That's My Boy. That's him. Right. And he was also Phil in That's My Boy, which we covered that movie on It's Not That Bad as well. He's the one that was uh, having sex or something like that at the, at the strip club and like pissing all over the place. And yeah, you had to go back and watch That's My Boy now. But yes, no. Um, she He was... Jenna's Schmale, the one that would cross dress like her. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. That's where I recognize him from. The thing is, like you, you have to have a very specific actor to be able to pull off this role because you need someone who's going to be able to make you hate that character. And the only other person that comes to mind that I think would have pulled it off was might be Jason Lee. I can see that. Yeah, I can actually really see that, but. He deserves so much better, so I, I wouldn't. <laughs> but I wouldn't but we ch- like Jason Lee, but we're not, so not going to put him in this. I here. wouldn't want to change the casting. Sorry. Right. But, no, know. but the thing is, because Will Forte has, you know, very expressive ways of saying, <laughs> right? It, it wasn't just a, like a one note joke played over and over and over again. It became a running thing, and that worked out really, really well. Um, I, I, he made me hate Doug. Which means that he did his job very well. He did. He was very unlikable. Well done. Okay. So before we get to our MVPs, I I need to put this out to you here. This is a foul-mouthed, horny, dirty, expletive comedy. I'm waiting for the bad (laughs) <laughs> like those are all good points but that's the thing <laughs> but there's the thing right like you have to be in a certain mood for this film and is this the tonic that the theater needs because i mean let's let's be honest right you know you had a lot of superhero films very serious films and yeah you had barbie in there as well right does this film work well in the theaters or is this something that should be more for a streaming service that's a good point um i mean i could see this you know going straight to netflix Mm -hmm. i can't see disney plus picking it up but then again you know (laughs) i've seen stranger things but um you know what to me this is a Know what you're getting into. Don't go in with high expectations because it's about swearing dogs. Right. But aside from that, and when you look past the foul-mouthed pups, maybe doing some bad things. They're good dogs, but they they did some bad things in right. their in their lives. Um at the very heart of it, there was a lot of heart because these four dogs, or uh, arguably, this one, the, the the Boston Terrier, the one stray, Bug. right? Yep. And and he's kind of been on the streets for so long that he, um, you know. He, he he knows the streets well. And yet he takes this, this naive, very sweet, very, um, very loyal pup 
And, you know, and, and really, he just wanted to find his way home. You know, he was just looking for his way home. But as the story goes, they build this bond. And it's just like, no, these three, well, these four dogs, but, you know, this group of dogs is going to do anything and, and walk I don't know how many days they were walking. These poor pups, they must have been so tired, but they did this just to make things right. I think, too, there, there there's a limit as to what works as far as a crass, and I think it's probably the best way to describe this film, crass um, kind of humor film, right? And... Movies like South Park and Team America, um, I, I think, really hit all the right notes to make those films work. And then you have a film like Sausage Party, and you think it's going to work, but it kind of falls flat a little bit after a while. But it's amazing that you call this movie crass, because, okay, so the dogs may have a potty mouth, but... They've been on the streets for so long that that's their defense that they've built up. Right? Okay, okay but there's more to it than just the swearing. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot going on in this film, right? <laughs> but, so I'm, I'm going to ask you, because recognizing that you in past episodes have had to defend yourself as not being a psychopath. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, here I'm defending the dogs that, you know, really it's a lovely buddy story and And they're just sticking together and it plays off of the tropes of like the the animal trying to find its way home kind of movies like like a dog's journey or homeward bound or movies like that like this is nothing like a dog's journey no i no i I get (laughs) don't sell it that way no but but it there is a a genre of film that is pet finds way home right Mm -hmm. and it, it kind of plays on some of those tropes um if they were directed by the guy who did Road Trip and Euro Trip. But, you know, I have to sit there and say, was there anything in this film that was too much for you? And and this is, I know, grading on a, a big curve here because you have a really warped sense of humor, but was there anything you found that would be too much for your average viewer? I think fundamentally that moment where Reggie starts to put together the lifetime of abuse that he's endured. Not, phys- really, not physical. Like, no. Like there, there, there's... Well, he, how many times is he pushed and, you know, thrown off the couch and basically like... It, it should be noted that at no point do you watch this and go, wow... They were violent towards the dog. Was it, it was more psychological abuse, which is even yes. worse. Yes, but but if you are sensitive to animals being harmed in films, you're not going to see that. So let's put that out there. As as it's it's not like that. But but going continuing with your point. But that's exactly it. Is that the scars ran deep because they were psychological. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from the name calling or. Like the constant attempts of trying to get him lost. Fetching. 
right? Like, really, it it was that was hard to watch. I think that was the hardest part is just realizing how what a rough life he's had. So it's not it, it it's not like the humor went you know crossed over any insane lines it's just that because you are a, a dog lover um it, you know to, to think of a, a of a pet being so ignored and pushed away that's what got for that's what hit you well i mean don't get me wrong there were definitely some lines crossed <laughs> i'm not, i'm not going to i'm not going to deny that but I think really the hardest part to watch was that or um, when we went into Bugs' backstory, that was probably the hardest to watch because, you know, again, it was just, it, it, it was sad. It, it's sad to see the backstory and it would have been interesting to see, um, I think, maybe the other stories. Yeah. But if they're not strays, then. Exactly. I mean, we got a little bit of you know hunter our therapy dog we got we got a little bit of his backstory but we didn't get the flashbacks and maggie was just maggie but it's come time now so carrie who is your mvp of strays why am i not prepared for this question (laughs) it comes every episode i know um yeah i (laughs) you know what um i'm i'm gonna say the um I'm going to say the the animal control officer. Okay, as played by Brett Gelman. It was so <laughs> You know what? <laughs> he was he was just so crazy that I think it was like it was pretty funny. It's funny that in a movie filled with dogs, you went with a human. Or no, I there's yeah. I, I There's say, another character, but I don't want to bring it up. I say it's funny because my MVP is actually Will Forte as Doug. And I think it's because Will Farrell, I expect to be funny. Jamie Foxx, I knew he was gonna be good in the role. I mean, Isla Fisher is always great. Randall Park, I really enjoyed him as Hunter. But the thing is, you need Doug to be human being and i think will forte did it in a way that you can still laugh but you can also still cheer when doug gets what's coming to him and it's so so out there that you're you're shocked but you're still laughing and and then you're like i shouldn't be laughing at this but, but it, you're still laughing. But it it takes it takes good acting skill to be able to create a character that you know you you equally hate and laugh at, at and laugh with at the same time. And you know because you can you can go too far. You you there is too much asshole, right? You can go full asshole and it doesn't work anymore. And you're just like ah oh, no no, let the dogs kill him and eat them and whatever but or you can be too wishy-washy and you're like well maybe he isn't that bad a guy no i think will forte hit all the right notes for us to hate him and still laugh with him 
but Carrie, thank you for coming to the movies with me and going to down Stray's Road. Now, dear listeners, we want to know what you guys think. So let us know on social media at Not That Badcast, or you can go to our website at notthatbadcast.com. And while you're there, if there is a movie out there that you think is unfairly maligned or is just so bad that there's no way in heck that we can find anything good to say about it, let us know and we will watch it, we'll dissect it, and we will find the good things to say because we are looking for those A grades in B movies. Until next time, Carrie, you are lovely. Audience, oh, you're, you're, you're the bestest pups. This is It's Not That Bad. Take care, everyone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.